0: Okay, so we're going to pick it up from Davchof Beis, Amid Beis, three lines from the bottom. The Gemara is going to continue with the discussion that we had yesterday. The Gemara says, Tan Chazal teach us, If two witnesses say that a woman became married, that she was single and she got married, but two witnesses say that she was not married, so it's two against two, she obviously should not remarry someone else until they clarify. But if she did marry someone else, she could stay with that person, because two against two is enough to stay status quo. Once she got married, we'll let it be. But, if two witnesses say that a woman was divorced, and two witnesses say she was not divorced, so it's two against two, she shouldn't marry someone else, vim and if she did, she has to get divorced. So, when it's two against two by Kedushin, to say she's a married woman, and then she marries someone else, we say, let it be. But when it's two against two about a divorced woman, and she marries someone else, she has to separate from the second husband. So, the beginning of Gimel Abed Alps is, Maishna Reisha, Maishna Seifa. The obvious question is, what's the difference? If you go two against two is status quo, then why by one marriage does she have to leave, and why by one marriage does she not have to leave? So... Yeah. So in both situations, the 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 two that don't know or they say not, it's really difficult for them to know that. Oh, so the if Gemara's you say gonna... two witnesses, the marriage, but two people say, "Okay, oh, so I wasn't at the wedding," but I, that's and the same thing with the divorce. So, I was at the divorce. So I know they got a divorce, but so the gemara is going to touch on this point in a moment. That's the second answer. Before we get there, Abaya says very simple. Abaya says targum be'ed So Abayah says, really, it's talking about one witness. Abayah says the cases where it's really one witness, and it's very simple. When one witness you basically one witness has no power when it comes to these discussions one witness only helps you for agunas so one witness really has no power so when it's one against one it's the equivalent of nothing therefore you go with the status quo before meaning the case where one witness comes forward and says she got married one witness says no she didn't what was her status before that she was single so basically all of that one against one is just noise So we go back to her status before, which is her single, she being single. So if she marries someone else, let it be. But in the case where one witness says she got divorced, the other witness says she didn't get divorced. So one witness is meaningless, meaning you go back to her status before. Her status before divorce was married. So it's basically, Abayah says the case is where it's not two against two, it's really one against one. And in these discussions, one witness means nothing. One witness only helps you for agunas. It doesn't help you for testifying about a married woman or a divorce. It doesn't help you at all. So therefore, because it doesn't help you, you basically just disregard them and go with the status before. In the case where they're arguing whether she got married, that means that she was single up to that point. Okay, so if she married someone else, let it be. Go with her chazaka being single. In the case where they're arguing whether she got divorced, that means that her status up to that point is a married woman. So if she married someone else, she has to separate. Now that's the first answer. Ravashi touches on what you were saying, and that is loylem treyutrey. Really, no, it's two against two, the epoch, but reverse it. Meaning, in the case where she, they, they say she got married, that's when, that's when you have to separate. In the case where she says it got divorced, let it be. How does that help? Because he says the following: shnayim oymrim Ravashi says the case is, in a little bit what you're saying, is that it's not that people are saying she she didn't get married, definitively. It's that we're not aware of her marriage. And that's different. Saying someone didn't get married, you're saying, I know for sure. And as you said, how do you know for sure they didn't get married? So all these witnesses are really saying is, we're not aware that she got married. We never heard of it. And the Gemara is going to clarify in a moment. And, and by the way, and we don't listen to them. And the Chiddush is... That although they live in the same complex as her, as the Gemara is going to explain in a moment, the same complex, you'd think they would have heard. So the case is not so the cases where two witnesses say she got married, and then two witnesses says we never we ne- we don't know that she got married. Not that she didn't get married. Not that we know for sure. Like I guess the only way you could say definitively <laughs> she didn't get married is if they were with her the entire day that they were testifying that she got married. That's not what's happening here. They're just saying. We're not aware. We're not aware that she got married. And by the way, the the chiddush of that is that, so the two witnesses say she definitively got married. Two witnesses are like, ah, ah, we never heard of it. So what's the halacha? If she marries someone else, she has to get divorced. Why? Because you have two witnesses that say definitively she is a married woman. The other two witnesses who say, we're not aware, we basically don't listen to them. You, you understand? Because we're going to go with a definitive testimony. When two people definitively say, Rochel got married, she's a married woman. The fact that later on two witnesses come and say, we, we don't know that she got married, that, that doesn't make her single. And therefore, if she marries someone else, she has to separate from that guy because it's a married woman marrying someone else. So basically, we go with a definitive testimony of she got married as opposed to, we're not aware that she, she got married. We're not aware. And why... Then why are you making her separate if we're going according to definitive definitive um, testimony? Because definitive means that she married John. So when she marries Jacob, when she marries someone else, she has to separate because she definitively got married. So she's a married oh. woman. You understand? Maybe, oh, we're talking about the second marriage. Exactly. When we say we separate, oh, I, we mean separate uh, from the second. I missed that part. Exactly. Okay. So meaning, so So uh. this is the halacha. Shnaim Two people say definitively, Rachel married. Uh, married Yaakov. And then, and the two witnesses come and say, we don't know that Rachel married Yaakov. Not that she didn't. We're not aware of it. What's the halacha? So, Rachel, now we assume, is married to Yaakov. So she can't marry someone else and if she did get married, she has to separate because we go with the definitive testimony of the first two witnesses because it's not like, it's not, the other two witnesses are not even straight up disagreeing. They're just saying we're not aware. So the Gemara says, Pshita, Lord, you know, ain't a riot. The Gemara says, yeah, it's pretty posh. If two witnesses say she got married, and then two witnesses say, we're not sure she got married, or we're not aware that she got married, why would we listen to them at all? Like, what? why is that anything? You have definitive against non-definitive. Like, why would... What's the Havamina? That we should make her a single woman, because two witnesses say, we're not aware that she got married. So they're not aware of a lot of things. That That's not... How is that... What's the Havamina? So the Gemara says, The cases where they lived in one complex... Mao the same as the scatcha kalla So you might think that because they live in one complex, they would have heard that she got married. So therefore, them not them saying she, they're not aware. Plus the fact that that in the complex, you know, word hasn't gotten out. You might think that she probably didn't get married. Kamash the a kamash Malan, Some people get married privately. Some people don't make big hoopla. And therefore, the fact that they didn't hear about it is not a proof, and we don't go with their testimony. But the second case, which is Seifa, two witnesses say, we saw her get divorced definitively. She is single. And then, and the two witnesses said, we didn't know. We don't know that she got divorced. Not that she didn't get divorced, but again, we're not aware of it. So what's the halacha? The halacha is her izolotinasi, She shouldn't marry someone else until they clarify, but if she did it's fine, because we're going to go with the first two witnesses who say she's definitively divorced, she is definitively a single woman, and if she marries someone else, that's fine. Let her be. Because we go with the definitive ruling. It's the same concept. says again, What's the Chiddush? And don't tell me the Chiddush is that they live in one complex, because that's the first part. So what's the Chiddush of this last part, which is that we go with the definitive ruling? I know that. So the answer is, The Chiddush is, that even though they live in one complex, you might think that it's one thing for people to get married privately, but to get divorced, everyone would find out. Because divorce, the people want people to find out, because... You'd want people to know that she's single. Kamashmola, no. Even divorce, some people are private, and the fact that people in the complex did not know that she got divorced is not a proof that she did not get divorced. It's nothing. Therefore, we go with the definitive witnesses who say that she is divorced. And therefore, if she marries someone else, it's fine. Okay. Now, this next part is a little tricky. The Mishnah said two cases, right? The Mishnah said a woman comes forward and says... I was married, but then I got divorced, right? That's the first part of the Mishnah. I was married, and then I got divorced. So, Pesha Aser Pesha we believe her. Then, but if witnesses come forward and say that she's married, and then she says she's divorced, not good enough until she uh, shows the, document, the divorce document, the get. That's the first part. Then the second part of the Mishnah was a woman says, I was taken captive, but I was never touched by the captives believed, Pesha Peshehiter, but if witnesses come forward and say that she was taken captive, and then she says, yeah, but I was not touched, not believed. So this is the first two case, two cases of Peshas Peshehiter, by marriage, and then by captivity. Okay, then the Mishnah said one cryptic line, and it ended with this, that is bo Bo'edem, if after she got married the witnesses came forward and testified, Harezile say she could stay with that second husband. Now, It doesn't say what this is going on. Is this going on the first part of the Mishnah? Or is this going on the second part of the Mishnah? Meaning, is this going on the first part of the Mishnah that if witnesses that that she married someone else, she tells us that she's married and then she's divorced, and then she marries someone else, then witnesses come forward and say, no, you're married, let it be. Or is this going on the second part of the Mishnah that she married a Kayan? And then witnesses come forward and say, Hey, she was taken captive. Let it be. So this last line that the witnesses came forward after the wedding, is that going on the first part of the mission, or is it going on the second part of the mission? It's unclear. So the Gemara speaks it out. Rav Masni Masniva Aresha. Rav Oishia puts this last line on the first part of the mission. So therefore the end of the mission is like this. Um, she says she was married and divorced. Then she remarried. And because the Pesha is there. And then witnesses came forward and said that she had actually been married. We said, let it go. Let it go. So she comes in and says her peshasa peshahitzer. Then witnesses come forward. Then she gets married. Then witnesses say, no, she was married before. Yeah, we'll let it be. Because we had peshasa peshahitzer at the time. That's how Rav Oishiyah, uh understands it. Then the Gemara says, Um sorry. then that's the first part. and then Rabbi oven masnilo Rabbi Bar oven put it on the end of the Mishnah, meaning where she was taken, she was said that she was taken captive, but she's pure. So we accept her testimony because Asar Pesha hitter. then she got married to a cuyan because she she said she was pure. we believe her. Then witnesses came forward and we accept it. I'm sorry I just have to deal with the show stuff. Um Oh. Yeah, sorry. Um fine. So the Gemara says like this. So you have 1 puts it puts it on the ratio, one puts it uh, one uh takes put it on the safer. So mandi mass in ratio of koshekina safer So the Gemara says if you say it on the, which one is more Pashat to say it on, to be lenient? The Reisha or the Seifa? The answer is the Seifa, because the Seifa is talking about captivity. You see, captivity, what happens in the Seifa? She comes in and says, I was taken captive, but I wasn't touched, so we believe her. Pesha, so Pesha hit her. Then she gets married to a Kayan, then witnesses come forward and says she was taken captive. So let it be. That's more Pashat to be makel. Why? Because Chazal are more lenient with a captive. The witnesses are not saying that she was actually defiled. They were just saying she was taken captive. Now we assume that, but it's not as you know incriminating. The first part where she says she was married and divorced, then marries someone else, and the witness going forward says she was married. They're saying the most incriminating thing. So therefore, if you are lenient about the seifa... That doesn't mean you're going to be lenient about the Reisha, because the Seifa is more. There's more room to be Mekel, because the Seifa. They're just saying she was taken captive. They're not saying that she's Kuna They're saying she's taken captive, and we assume that she's Kuna but they're not saying that they saw the guy with her. So therefore, the, the Seifa is more lenient than the Reisha. Okay. Now, it turns out, according to this, in the first part of the Mishnah, where a woman says, "I was married, then I was divorced." And then she remarried. And the witnesses came forward and said that she was married previously. It's a machloikas whether she can stay with her husband. So she says she was married and divorced. And then she remarries. Then witnesses come forward. Does she have to leave her husband? According to one opinion, yes. According to one opinion, no. So the Gemara says, what's the machloikas? areisha <speaking> isle deravhuna. The Machloikis potentially is is as follows. The Machloikis is whether you agree with Rav Huna, Rav Hamnuna. What's Rav Hamnuna's teaching? Rav Hamnuna, we had this yesterday. Rav Hamnuna says that if a woman says to her husband, you divorced me, we automatically accept what she says is correct because no one would be that chutzbedek. So over here, what happens? She says she was married and then divorced. right? Then she remarries based on that. Then witnesses come forward and say that, no, you were married before. Does she have to leave her second husband? One opinion says yes, one opinion says no. Perhaps the machlokes is, do we believe her when she said she was married and then divorced? How strong was that sentence, I was divorced? If you believe in Rav Hamnuna, that when a woman says she's divorced, we take her by her word, then even if witnesses subsequently come, we're going to believe her. And she's going to be considered single. If you don't believe in Rav Hamnuna, that we don't believe a woman when she says she's divorced. So when witnesses subsequently come and say that she was married, then we're not going to believe her and she has to separate. That's the Gemara says. Now there's an obvious problem with this, and the Gemara points this out pretty instantly, and that is, Rav Hamnuna is referring to a case where a woman looks at her husband dead in the eyes and says, you divorce me. And the reason why she's accepted is because no one would say to her face, you divorce me. Over here, she's coming into court, not in the presence of her husband, and says, I was married and then divorced. Then she remarries and witnesses subsequently come. Those are two unrelated concepts. You could believe in Rav Hamnuna that a woman would not say that to her husband's face but still in this case not believe the woman. Meaning the Gemara assumes that like Rav Hamnuna is this broader concept that all women... Will 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 not say that they're divorced, and if they say it, we believe them. That's not what Rav Hamnuna was saying. Rav Hamnuna was specifically saying in a scenario where you say it to the man's face. If you say it to the husband's face, we believe him. But in the case, but in this case, where you're going into court, not in the presence of the husband, and you're saying I was married and divorced, I don't know how strong that a uh, statement that is. So the Gemara says loy. Over here the Machlechus is, is what a woman, if a woman says she's divorced, not in the husband's presence, do we believe her? But if she says it to the husband, everyone agrees that we're going to believe her. This is a completely independent concept. Now, okay, let's go a little bit later. The Gemara says... um, the, the, the last clause of the Mishnah was that if she remarried and then witnesses come, we're going to let it go. Now again, this is either going on the Reisha or going on the Seifa, but it, it says, if after she remarried, then witnesses come, we're going to let it be. The Gemara says, Amr lo'i mamish, shehetiru, pisha lo'i says, it doesn't actually mean that she remarried, Once the Bezdin gave a psaq that she could remarry, then, even if witnesses subsequently come, it's fine. So when it says in the Mishnah, let's say go in the end of the Mishnah, right? A woman comes forward at court and says, I was taken captive, but I'm pure. So we believe her. And we give her a psaq. You can marry a kayan. Once that happens, even if witnesses subsequently come and say she was taken captive, she can marry a kayan. So when it says, once she remarried, let it be. It doesn't mean actively remarried. It means once she got the psak, that she can marry a kayan, or she could remarry. Once she got that psak, we don't care what happens afterwards. If witnesses come then and say she was taken captive, or witnesses come then and say she was previously married, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna listen to them. Pesha also pesha hit there with a psak of bezdin is very powerful. By the way, I want to make this one point clear though. If later on. Let's say the case of the captive, let's just focus on that for a little bit. A woman comes forward and says, I was taken captive, but I'm pure. So we believe her. We give her a psak. You can marry a kayan. Then even if witnesses come forward and say that she was taken captive, it's fine. Once you got the psak, that's it. You don't actually have to marry a kayan. Once you get got the psak that you can marry a kayan, that's it. However, I just want to make this point clear. If witnesses come forward and say, we saw her with a guy, like they had relations in front of us, then obviously not. The only time we say we disregard the later witnesses, is if the witnesses say she was taken captive. So at that point, she wouldn't have Peshasa Peshitra, then it's fine because we already got the psak. But if witnesses come and say that she, that she was with a guy, like we saw them having relations, then uh, obviously uh, the witnesses are more powerful than her words. Yeah. So this works if she first makes the statement and then the witnesses come. Correct, correct. But if it's opposite, it does, we don't. It's not peshasa sir. Correct. So correct. it says the Gemara, so when it says that she got re- married a koyin, then the witnesses come, it doesn't actually marry a koyin, it means she got the psak that she could marry a koyin. So the Gemara says, loite but it says she doesn't leave her husband. That implies that she actually married the second husband. the answer is no, loite se It means she doesn't leave from her original heter. Okay, but it does, it, it, she didn't actually marry the marry the Kayan. Once she got the sack that she could marry the Kayan, we don't care about subsequent witnesses. Does it matter if the captives are Jewish or non-Jewish? We're talking about non-Jewish. Yes, this is all talking about non-Jewish. It, is it different if it's Jewish? Yeah, if it's Jewish, then it's fine. The whole reason why she's Pasal Kuna is because she's with a guy. If she was with Jews, then there's no concern. Even if they attacked but, her, she's still she still... But she was violated. You're still Kosher Kahuna. Unless you were oh, a yeah. married woman or the captive was a guy, you're still going to be kosher for kahuna. Okay. The, the Gemara says the following case. If a woman says, I was captured but I am, uh, but I'm pure. So she says, And then she adds, I have witnesses that I'm pure. So instead of just her words, she added she has witnesses, then The halacha is we don't have to wait for the witnesses to corroborate her story. Once she says that and we accept her testimony, it's fine, she can marry a kain. We don't have to wait for the witnesses to come and testify. If the court then gave her a heter to marry a koyin, and then the witnesses came forward, and they say we don't know. Right? She said that they they'll back up her story that she's pure. They they come in later on and were like they're like we don't know. We're still going to let her be with her husband because the koyin because these witnesses did not contradict her. But, but if witnesses come and say we saw her with a guy. Then say she could have many children with this kind. She has to leave him. Meaning, peshas or peshahitter, is just enough for us to say she was probably with, not with the captives. But if witnesses come and say she was with her non-Jewish captives, then, then I don't care how many kids she's got. We're gonna believe two witnesses. Now the Gemara says the following story. The Gemara says, yeah, we'll get to the Mishnah the next time, and then it's a new Sukkah. They were, taken, they were women who were taken captive, brought to Nardai to be ransomed. So the father of Shmuel put guards by them to make sure the captives wouldn't touch them. Also, first of all to protect them, but also that way they'd be kasher So Shmuel said to his father, What's the point of guarding them? Who guarded them until this point? Now the mefarshim explain... Obviously, there's a purpose of guarding them so that they're not violated a second time and a third time. Like These are still Jewish women and we don't want to protect them. Shmuel's point was to his father, was that it, it seemed like from your action you're making it that they're kosher for kahuna because now they have guards, to protect their people protecting them from the guards, from the captives, but until this point, who protected them? So it was more of a theoretical shiloh. of are they kosher for kahuna? So Avud Shmuel, his father did not like that Shmuel was asking this. He thought it was an insensitive question to ask. If these were your daughters, would you talk this way? Meaning, let's say they're not kashilakuna, so should, we shouldn't protect them. You, the, meaning, and I get you're asking like a halachic shaila. But he's still talking about Jewish women. You're like theoretically saying we shouldn't protect them. You don't even talk that way about Jewish women. And if these were your daughters, would you? Would you? Uh, would you? Um, would you talk this way? So, Avikishgah It was like a mistake coming from the ruler. Anytime a tzaddik talks, even in a, you know, even if they don't intend it, 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 it could it could come true. The father Shmuel said to Shmuel, "If your daughter was taken captive, would you talk this way?" the daughter of Shmuel was actually eventually taken captive. And the Gemara says, because of that conversation, there was like a curse that happened, and the daughter of Shmuel was eventually taken captive, and the following happened. The daughters of Shmuel were actually eventually captured. They were taken up from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. Now, so you have to realize, if a woman comes forward, right, and she says that she's taken captive, but she's pure, it's Pesha Asa Pesha hit If they find out that she's taken captive outside of her testimony, then it's a problem. So the daughters of Shmuel know this, so they don't want the people to find out that she's taken, that they're taken captive by the captors themselves. They want to say they were taken captive so they could say, we were taken captive, but we're pure. So they tell the captives, stay outside of the base medish, we're going in alone. Because they knew that if they go in with the captives, then the people are going to know they're taken captive, so then there's no Peshas and and they won't be Keshul So they tell the captives, stay outside, we're going to go in alone, which is a clever cha. They go to the base manager of Rav they say, I was taken captive, but I'm pure. The other one also said this, Sharinu, Rav permitted them both to Kehanam. Afterwards, the captives came in and they realized they were taken captive, but at that point, they already got their psaq, Pesha peshahinter. Am Rav Hanina, benan demurin inyan. Rav said, oh, these daughters, these daughters, their father must be a big rav. Because to think of that is very clever. To not let the captives in, to think for them to go in on their own, that's very clever. Igloi milsa debansi deramah Shmuel, became known, they were the daughters of Shmuel. Amr le'i Rav Hanina, l'Rav Rav said to Rav Shembaraba. Rav was related to Shmuel, and he was a koyin. He said, "Puk You should marry one of them. Meaning, "Ya peshas We say that So that's it. You should marry one of them. Some of the or said But what about maybe there are witnesses out there saying that they're puzzled? Meaning, I, how, how do I marry them now? Maybe there are witnesses out there, and the Gemara is going to clarify. So Hanina replied, listen Kaman." The said, "But right now there are no witnesses." So, aid the mitzah and You're worried there might be witnesses on other parts of the world. You're gonna ask them because maybe of witnesses. Right now they said they were captive, but they're pure. Pesha supasha You should marry them. So the Gemara just wants to know. Timea de leyosu aid the ma'asa the mitzra. V'amar avud the shemul kivin shitur I don't understand. What is he worried about? He's worried that there are witnesses that are going to come forward later on to say that they were taken captive. I thought once you get the psaq of pesha, pesha hitter, it's mutter. We don't care about the future witnesses. And once you get the p'sak, meaning you don't actually have to marry a koyin, for us to say that, just you got the psaq to marry a koyin, it's fine. So what is he worried about? The answers are mavrashi, edi He was worried, go to the next page, he was worried that there would be witnesses that would say... Not that they were taken captive. There were witnesses out there that saw them have relations with Once the that If there are witnesses that saw them actually have relations, then their Apostle Kahuna, he was afraid that those witnesses would come forward. Kamash Molon, until those witnesses come forward, you don't have to worry. Right now you got a psak, and it's Mutter and it's Mutter and it's Mutter. Okay. Let's go back there. I just want to pause for one second, if you don't mind. Pause the recording for one second. Okay. So we're up to the Mishnah on the Chav Gimel Ahmed Beis. The Mishnah says like this: "Shtei Noshim shenishbu." You have two witnesses. Two women were taken captives by Goyim. Zeis emeres This one says, "Let's well, see, it's two women." So Rachel Leah. Rachel says, "I was captured, but I'm pure." So we said we believe it. No, I'm sorry. This is a case where Rashi says that there are witnesses, meaning there are witnesses that they were taken captive. So once there are witnesses, then we don't believe them. So then, okay, so there are witnesses that we know that they were taken captive. So at that point, she can't just say that she's pure because there's no Pesha, so pesha So there are witnesses that are taken captive. Rachel and Leah. Rachel comes forward and says, I'm pure. Leah says, I'm pure. The halacha is in an they're not believed. But, bismanshe the But, this is interesting. If Rachel comes forward and says Leah is pure, and Leah comes forward and says Rachel is pure, they're both believed. Why? The halacha is that we believe one witness. It's one of the leniencies they gave for captivity that they believe. The same way by agunas one witness is believed, so too by captivity one witness is believed. So in this case where we know they were taken captive, so if they say about themselves that they're pure, we're not going to believe them. Because we don't believe themselves. They're postulating this about themselves unless it's Pasha Seveshehidze, but if they say that about themselves, we don't believe it. But if they say about someone else, so if Rachel says about Leah that Leah is pure, so Leah has one witness backing her up, saying that she's pure. So that's enough. And and and, and the opposite. If Leah says about Rachel that she's pure, then we believe them because that was a certain leniency Chazal gave. The same way they gave the leniency that you accept one witness for Agunas, they gave that leniency for captivity as well. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Let's start the Gemara. Now, this Bryce Basically, from here, this entire Ahmed is, it's one cheshben. We'll do it fairly quickly. And that is, it's a brysa that has like three or four cases. And we're just going to try to figure out what is the case of the brysa. Again, there's a major difference. If there are no witnesses that she was taken captive, then a woman comes forward and says, I was taken captive, but I'm pure, we believe them. Once there are witnesses, we don't believe them. We believe them about other women, but we don't believe them about themselves. So there's a major difference of whether there are witnesses that she was taken into captivity or not. So the mission is, the price says like this. Let's go through each case. We'll do it slowly. And basically the entire moment is to try to figure out what, are there witnesses to the captivity or not. The price says like this. Case number one, two captured women. One says, I am Tameh, I was defiled. but my companion is pure. So Rachel says, I am Tame, but Leah is Tahar. she's believed about both. She's believed about herself to say that she is impure, but she's also believed about her friend to say that she is pure. Good. Second case. Ani tahora If she says the opposite. Rachel says, I am pure, but Leia is Tame. She's not believed about either. She's not believed about herself, and she's not believed about her companion. Ani <speaking in Hebrew> she says, I and my companion are both Tameh. meaning we were both defiled by Goyim, so she says, and Leah. Rachel says, "My, I, me and Leia were both defiled. The halacha is, ne'emenes al al She's believed about herself that she's t'mey, but she's not believed about her friend. And Ani <speaking> in <Hebrew> and the last case is, by the way, it's every single combination, it's i'm pure my friend's not i'm not pure my friend is we're both not pure and we're both pure so she says we're both pure if she says we're both pure she's believed about her friends so her friend is considered pure but not herself so the gemara wants to us so you have all these again you sit down with the charts you figure it out the shayla is are there witnesses to the to the to the um to the captivity or not? The Gemara says, Amr mar, aniv tehora In the first case, she says, I'm pure, but my friend is defiled. It's actually the second case. So I am pure, so Rachel says, I'm pure, but Leah was defiled. The halach is ayn and a menace. She's not believed about either. Now, hey It must be there are witnesses to the captivity. Right, she says, she's pure. We don't believe her. Why? Because if there are no witnesses, we should believe her. She comes and she says she was taken captive, but she's pure. We should believe her. Why don't we believe her? Because when she says she's pure, it means there were already witnesses to the captivity. So you see from the second case of the Brisa, the second case of the Brisa is, we'll we'll call it the first case. It's the first case we're analyzing. This first case of the Brisa must be talking about a case where there are witnesses to the captivity. Hence, when she comes forward and says... I am pure, we don't believe her. Okay? So, the Bryce is talking about a case where well, there are witnesses. Let's go to the next case. The next case the Bryce is, Ani She says, I and my companion are both defiled. What's the halacha? She's believed about herself, because a person could always say about themselves that they're awesome It's like a nether. You could always say that you're Tameh, and, and, and you'll ask the whole world upon yourself. That's, that's never a chiddush. But she's not believed about her friend. Why? It must be because there are no witnesses. See, if there are witnesses to the captivity, then we know that her friend was taken captive, then we know her friend is Tameh. So why is it that she's not believed about her friend? There must be there are no witnesses. The Gemara says, <laughs> So the first case, there are witnesses. The second case, there are no witnesses. Let's keep going. Go to the last case. She says, my and my, Me and my companion are both pure. She's believed about her friend because she's testifying about her friend. So her friend is pure. It's one witness about her friend. But she herself, about herself, her Tame. Why? Because there are witnesses. If there are witnesses, that means that she doesn't have Pesha so she's not believed about herself. Oh. So basically, you have three cases. The last three cases of the brayser, the the first and third case of the brayser, there are witnesses. The middle case, there are no witnesses. Or well, that's what it seems. So that's a problem. So the first and third case, there are there are, there are witnesses to the captivity, but the middle case, there isn't. The answer is, Amrabaya Abaya says. Please. I'm Rabbi. Abaya says, <laughs> "It's Abaya answers the question: Yes, it's exactly what you thought. It's a little strange. There are three cases of the brisa. The first and third case, there are witnesses to the captivity. The second case, there isn't. Okay, and, and it's it's a little unclear, but that, that's how it is. That's how it goes sometimes. Rav Papa says no, and here this is going to take us to the next mishnah. Rav Papa says, "Let's redo this entire brisa with all four cases." But in all four cases, there are witnesses to the captivity, but But there's one witness who reverses everything the woman reports. Meaning, we know there's a captivity, but then the, wit- the woman comes in to testify. But everything she testifies, one witness then comes in and reverses what she says, disagrees with what she says, contradicts what she says. We're going to go through each, let's go through each of the cases. And it'll become clear what's going on. Let's go through case number one. Umrah, again, there are already witnesses that say that she's captive. But then she gets into talk. So she doesn't have Pesha Peshita, but let's hear what she has to say. She says, Anitameya, I was defiled, the Chaverti Tahora. But my friend is pure. So even if there are kept witnesses' in captivity, she's testifying about her friend. So she should be believed about her friend, and she's saying she's defiled. So she says she's defiled. Rachel gets up and says, I was defiled by a guy. But my friend is pure. Leah was never touched. Then, a single witness comes up and says he's like the opposite. you were pure, Rachel, and you, and Leah was was I mean, So Rachel says Rachel's Tameh but Leah's tahar. But then a witness comes up and reverses it. What's the halacha? Once Rachel says that she was defiled, she has she has the ability to make herself like a forbidden object. She's also forever. I, I don't care that a future uh, witness comes in to contradict her. She's going to be Aser, but <laughs> But her friend is going to be pure because we're going to go with her testimony over the single witness. So if Rachel gets up and says Leah was pure, we're going to accept that, even though later on a single witness says no, Leah was Tommy, we don't go with that. We go with the first testimony that Leah is pure. Okay, this is a certain leniency for Agunas. That's case number one. Second case. Rachel gets up and says, to Rachel gets up and says, I was pure, I am pure, but Leia is Tame. Then then a single witness reverses it. No, and he says, No. At Tameya. The The single witness comes up and says, No, you are Tameh, but Leah is Taher. So Rachel gets up and says, Leia is Tameh, but then a single witness reverses it and says, No, 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 no. You got it wrong. Leah was Tahar, and you're Tameh. What's the halacha? So the halacha is, when Rachel says that she's pure, we don't believe her, because there are already witnesses saying here to the captivity, so there's no Peshach, so Peshach hit So Rachel is not believed, so Rachel is going to be not considered pure. And we're going to allow Leah to be Tahar based on the witness's testimony. So again, Rachel gets up and says Leah is Tameh, but then a single witness contradiction says, no, Leah is Tahar. We're going to say Leah is Tahar based on the second testimony. We're always going to go on the more lenient testimony for the friend. Third case, Ani בחברתי Tamehah. Third case is, Rachel gets up and says, I and Leah are both Tameh. and then a single witness says, no, At בחברתי tahira. Both you and Leah are Tahar. So Rachel says, Rachel and Leia are And then a single witness says, No, Rachel and Leia are Tahar. What's the halacha? <speaking in Hebrew> Rachel's already awesome because Rachel said about herself that she's Tahar. And therefore she already made herself a forbidden object. <speaking in Hebrew> but Leia is going to be Tahar based on the testimony of the single witness. Okay, so basically, Rachel gets up and says, Leia is Tame. A single witness then contradicts and says, No, Leia is Tahar. We're going to go with the single witness. So this third case is the same conclusion as the second case. It's the exact same thing. The second case, also, she said that Leia is Tame, and, and the single witness contradicted her, and we go with the single witness. And the third case, she said that Leia is Tame. And a single witness contradicted her, and we're going to go with the single witness. So it's like it's reversing. It's 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 a uh, repetition. So the Gemara says, "How This third case is identical to the second case in its conclusion. That lay is going to be tar based on the single witness's testimony. We're not going to go with Rachel's, witness, uh, Rachel's testimony. So what's the, what's the purpose of the third case? Again, the third case is Rachel says she and Leia are tame, and then a witness says Rachel and Leia are actually Tahr. So Leia is going to be tar based on the single witness testimony, and, and Rachel is going to be tame based on her own testimony. It's the same thing as the second case. So the Gemara says, The khidish of the third case is that when she says that Rachel and Leia are tame, we don't, there would be a possibility in our minds that really Rachel is tahar. So why is she saying? Why is Rachel saying that she's Tame when she's really tahar? Maybe she hates Leah so much that she wants to just. That she's saying about Leah that Leah Tame, but really Leah is really Leia's tahar because the single witness says Leah is tahar. The chiddush is that although Rachel said about herself that she's tame you might think that really she's tahar, and she only said that she said that you know self-incriminating evidence purely just to mess Leia up that she just wanted Leia to be so ruined so badly that she's like, I'll just say we're both Tame because I'll go down with the ship I'd rather take Leia down and if it means taking myself down, so be it but really, Rochel never actually believed that about herself Kamash no. if she says that she's Tame, she's Tame so she is going to be Tame, Leia is going to be Tame and it sounds tricky but if you re-watch this or re-listen to this, it, it works well the last case is anive vechaverti tahayrah Rochel gets up and says that I and Leah are Tahar. Then Amr Leirecha, then a single witness comes forward and says, No, at v'chavertacha Tameya. You and Leah are actually Tameh. So what's the Halacha? She's not believed about herself because there are witnesses that already said that she's taken captive. So there's no Pesha pesha enter. But she's believed about her companion to say that her companion is Tahar. Again, there are witnesses that say she's taken captive. Then Rachel gets up and says, Yeah, but I and Leah are Tahar. Then a single witness says, No, you and Leah are Tameh, so Rachel is going to be out because there are witnesses to her captivity. So she's not believed about herself because there's no Peshas to But Rachel is going to be believed about Leah, that she testified about Leah. We are going to accept that single testimony to accept Leah. We're not going to go with the future Eidechod who said Leah is Tameh. We're going to go with Rachel's testimony that Leah is Tahar. This halacha is exactly as the first case. So the gemara says The Chiddush is over here. The Chiddush is that she said about herself that she's Tahar and about Leah as being Tahar. The Chiddush is the first case she said that she is Tameh Tahar. So we said, in both cases, we're going to believe her testimony about Leia. So we said, why do you need to repeat it? In the first case, she's disqualifying herself, but she's saying Leia's is Tahar. So it's more likely that she's telling the truth because she disqualified herself. If she wanted to just be like, everything's great, she wouldn't have disqualified herself. But over here, in this case, where she she said that she and Leia are both Tahar, you might think that because she said she and Leia are both Tahar, you shouldn't believe her at all... No, we believe her regarding Leia, not regarding herself. Yeah, it's a little tricky, but that's that's the that's the judgment All right, let's finish up. We'll just do the mission and then we'll stop. We'll pick this up. Uh, we'll pick this up later on the daf today. I'll another record Shabbos daf. I'll do my best. The mission is as follows. The mission is dealing with a shyla of is a person is a single witness believed to say that he's a kayan? A person wants to testify that he's a kohen. Regarding, I guess it's negayah for truma for giving berchis kohanim, the first bracha of of a利亚 from the Torah. The question is, is a single witness believed to say that you're a kohen? So the mission says, you have two men. One you have, you have Avram and Yitzchak. Avram says he's a kohen. Yitzchak says he's a kohen. Ain't that menaces? They're not believed. The Tanakhama believes the Tanakama says a single witness is not believe, a single witness is believed regarding saying you're a Kayan, but you can't testify about yourself. Meaning, so you have Avram and Yitzchak so if Avram says he's a Kayan, Yitzchak says he's a kohen, we don't believe them. But if Avram says is a Kayan, and Yitzchak says Avram's a Kayin, we are gonna believe them. Okay. Now Yeah. Rashi explains, not Rashi, the Rishonim explain. I'm sorry, that that why is it that in Eid Echod is not believed about himself? Meaning, Avram says that he's a kind, we don't believe him, but Avram says is yes, a kind, we are going to believe him. The reason is because it affects future, in future diaries, it affects monetary concepts and it affects potentially marriage concepts, it affects who they can marry, it affects truma, my etruma. so because it affects monetary concepts and marriage concepts, you need two witnesses. Okay, so one witness is not enough. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. So so the first opinion is a single witness will work, but not yourself. That's the Tana Kama. Review the Oimer, Ain't my Review 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 this says, no. One witness is not believed. Not like that Dana Kama. One witness is not enough for uh, to be a Kayan. You want to be proven to be a Kain, you need two witnesses. I'm um, Revelazar. Revelazar says so you have a first opinion that one witness is believed. just not about yourself, but one witness is believed. Rebbe, this says one witness is not believed. Then Revelazar he says, hey Messiah, when is a single witness not believed? When there are people that are questioning, there's already rumors that he's not a Kayan. If there's rumors that he's not a Kayan, then a single witness is not believed. I'm Makam but if there's no Rumors or any, you know, any word that he's not a Kayin, then one witness is believed. And Roshim and Roshim Roshim Ben Asgan, he says one witness is believed. So you have the whole gamut of opinions, and we'll talk about this uh tomorrow. All right, I'll stop here.